It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 22nd, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can go follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. Yes, I know it's Wednesday. It's the first episode of the week for me. I apologize for not having episodes out at least one of the previous two days. I've been busy putting together uh, my big summer project, uh, the Orlando Magic Top 30 this time around instead of a Top 25 because it is the 30th anniversary. I went out, I polled fans, I polled the Orlando Magic Daily staff, I put together my list, I went to the Orlando Magic subreddit. I was looking for the most popular player in Magic history, and I tried to get as many voices as I could to contribute to our list up at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'm personally fairly happy with the results. There's definitely a few things that you can argue with. I would certainly argue with the list as well with how it turned out. I thought there were some players that were rated a little bit low. thought there were some players that were rated a little bit high. The top guys, I, I I'll get into my ballot a little bit. I uh, I would reorder them a little. I would reorder them a little bit and, and go for someone that that was not number one. I don't think he was. I think he was still in the top four. Um, but popularity isn't about what I think. It's about what everyone thinks. And so I hope that the list uh, at least is a reflection of what Magic fans generally think about their team, about their favorite players. And about the team's history. If you have not read it yet, it is a massive, massive, massive post. Um, 30 slides. Yes, it's a slideshow, but it's a list. Let's work for slideshows. Uh, 9,000 words, I think it ended up being. A lot of good information, a lot of historical perspective on what popularity is, why certain players click with fans, uh, why we remember certain players the way we remember them. Uh, and uh, a, a good list uh, that gives you a good insight into Magic history. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that list uh, uh, on a future episode of Locked on Magic, probably next week, um, although I wanted to reserve next week for fan choice as well. So um, if you have a topic you want me to discuss on Locked on Magic, send them my way at Locked on Magic, at R underscore OMD, and at Daily, and I will be happy, happy, to discuss it on our, our kind of viewer, our, our listener week next week on Locked On Magic. But definitely also check out the Orlando Magic Top 30, the most popular players in Orlando Magic history. You can find that on orlandomagicdaily.com. But on that note, um, I should have done this earlier in the summer, and so we're going we're gonna to do two things on today's episode. We're going to look back at the 2018 season and think about what lessons we may have learned or uh, think about where we place that team in the annals of Magic history. Um, where does it rate with even within the current rebuild uh, that, that the Magic are, are currently on? 
Um, and, 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 you know, what does that maybe tell us about where the team is right now? I mean, I think we all kind of know, know that. Um, I usually try to do that a little bit earlier in the summer. I didn't get around to it until now. Um, you know, one of my, one of the websites that I used to, to, to kind of, kind of think about these ratings actually went under or, or stopped updating, which frustrated me a little bit, um, and, and didn't give me a clear, as clear picture as I would have liked, uh, on, on this question, but I'll try and talk about it and answer this question about where I think this mad, this past magic team ranks. Uh, but then we're going to look to the future because obviously the past is the past. It's done. It's done. And, and the magic are moving on, but we'll look to the future and say, okay, well, what reasons do we have to be excited about the upcoming 2019 season? And there are a few that I want to briefly touch on, but let's start by looking at the 2018 season. Obviously the 2018 season is going to go down as one of the oddest years in magic history. One of the, one of the years that, that, that I think us magic historians, people like me, people like probably Adam Papa Giorgio, uh, formerly of Magic Basketball Online, um, you know, people who have been around and followed this team forever and, and really dig into this team's history. I mean, I, I love I love this team's history. It's going to be a year that's going to be hard to peg. Was the 2018 Orlando Magic season a season of bad luck? Can we reduce the quote-unquote failures of the season or the struggles of the season down to the team missing 200-plus games to injury, whether it was Terrence Ross missing almost the entire season or Jonathan Isaac playing only 27 games or Aaron Gordon, as much of a breakout as he was, being in and out of the lineup. Nikola Vucevic breaking his hand. Jonathan Simmons missing the final 12 games of the season. There were a lot of injuries the Magic had to deal with, and things went south when the injuries picked up. Not just, I mean, really from the first game. I mean, I think the Magic played only one game with their whole roster intact, and that was opening night. From there, Aaron Gordon missed the second game in Brooklyn uh, with with a shin contusion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Alfred Payton sprained his ankle in that second game, and from there, the Magic season just kind of snow, snowballed. From snowballed, yes, they started eight and four. Yes, they had a really nice start. But cracks were showing, and the injuries only made it worse. So, in, in, in that sense, you know, there there's at least an explanation. And, and of course, and I think when we look back at the 2018 season, in the grand scheme of things, when when history remembers the 2018 season, it's really not going to be important. History is going to look back at the 2018 season as well. The Magic just hired Jeff Weltman. Aaron Gordon started to come into his own. That, that, that's nice. Jonathan Isaac was drafted, but really, it was a transition year. The Magic were trying to build back their roster. They were bringing in a, a new leadership group, a new group to, to, to guide this team. And the result probably wasn't that important. No one's going to remember the 8-4 star. 12 games for whatever it was worth, as, as significant of a sample as it might be, it's just 12 games. It's not 82. It's not even 30 or 40. And so the 2018 season, as, as I think we all suspected as it was going on, was kind of a throwaway year. That's unfair to say. There's no such thing as a throwaway year. It all kind of matters. But it was a year for house cleaning for Jeff Weltman and company. And I think ultimately when history looks back at this season, that's what it will be remembered as. The quick one-line summary of the 2018 season was Jeff Weltman began his house cleaning. 
Frank Vogel got a chance, was fired. Aaron Gordon emerged. Jonathan Isaac was drafted. It was just beginning to put the pieces into place for what the magic will become. Now, we'll see how that narrative and that story plays out because that's the story of the next few years. I would also say that the 2018 season was the magic coming out of rock bottom. Even though the team won four games fewer than the 2017 team, most of us would probably agree that the 2017 team was when the Magic were at their lowest point in this entire rebuild. Even when they fired Jacques Vaughn, and it was clear that uh, things don't feel like they're moving in the right direction. And that was really the first time, that that, that first year, uh, 2014, I believe. It was really the first time, 2015, excuse me. It was really the first time it felt like this young, growing team was plateauing and not moving in the right direction, and that's why the Magic fired Jacques Vaughn. 2017 was different because the Magic had pushed all their chips in and had come out craps. The casino boss was taking all the money off the table at that point, and the Magic were stuck holding the bag, a massive load of debt, essentially. And so, the Magic were coming out of quote-unquote rock bottom in the 2018 season. And I would argue, despite, again, winning only 25 games, the 2018 Magic were better than the 2017 Magic. They felt like, at least, they had a little bit more of a direction than that team that had a lot of talent and had playoff expectations and absolutely failed to live up to them. That's, of course, not the whole story. And so, these teams of the last six years, honestly, when I look at Magic history, I, I, I have to say, I group them all very similarly together. Kind of in that early 20s, mid-20s range. They're not as bad as, say, the 2003 Magic that finished 21-61. and 61. They're probably not as bad as some of the expansion teams. And, and you do see this when, when you start looking at the statistical profiles and think about, okay, where do these teams rank in, in team history? Teams tend to, the years tend to cluster together um, because teams stay relatively the same length and you can kind of see them making their step up. But especially with, with these years, the expansion years, 90, 91, uh, to some extent 92, Certainly 92. 90, the 1992 team might be the worst team in Magic history. It's either... I, I, I go with 2003 personally, but um, 2003, 92, and 90 are probably the three worst teams in Magic history. 91 was, was a nice little blip, um, but even that team, I don't think, was as good as this 2018 team that we just saw play. Um, even within the context of the season. And so, I really kind of took some time last week, and I'll take some time now, thinking about where does this team rank among these six horrible years of the rebuild? Obviously, the best team of the rebuild is the Scott Skiles year in 2016. No doubt, best year of the rebuild. I would say that the worst year of the rebuild might be the 20, 2015 team or 2014 team. Team that won only 23 game, or 25 games, and, 
Um, felt like they could do a little bit more, but but really struggled. Um, you could argue maybe it's the 2013 team, um, but when it, in terms of who's the second best team of this rebuild, it very well might be this past season, and 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 that may not be saying much. Now, 2014, 2015 felt more hopeful. You could you could see this this future out in the distance. And to some extent, the Scott Skiles year in 2016 began to see the fruition of all that before the Magic just, you know, took a detonator and blew the whole thing up. But, but at the same time, it, it does it doesn't feel right to say that this team was was that good. And, and again, maybe we're just comparing a lot of really bad basketball teams. But I think that there's been a consistent analysis about the Magic over the last, certainly the last two years. There's been a consistent analysis that's worth repeating and worth acknowledging. This Magic team, as it's currently constructed, is probably too talented to tank. They've got too many good players who know how to play the game. And yet, they're probably not good enough to really compete for the playoffs. Certainly, record-wise, statistically, certainly because of injury, last year's Magic team underperformed. In fact, statistically, they had the statistical profile of a 28-win team, not a 25-win team. Certainly makes the argument stronger that they were better than their predecessors the year before. Certainly by wins and losses, which are ultimately what matters. At the same time, It's hard to, again, picture a crystallized future. And so, my final ranking for last year's team, I slotted them as the 23rd best team in Magic history. Second best team in this rebuild. And, and that cluster that, that I think it goes from, I think my ranking has the 2000, 2016 team at like 20, 21, and then a whole row of this current, this current stretch of, of Magic basketball. This is not a good time in Magic basketball, to be certain. Outside of the expansion, I mean, this is certainly the longest stretch of the Magic have been out, out of the playoffs, but outside of the expansion years, there may not be a worse stretch of Magic basketball. And unfortunately, Orlando has to find a way out of it, and it's been difficult for this team and this organization to get there. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But lo, I have hope for you. If you know me, I am an optimist. I like being an optimist. I like believing in things. And frankly, if you can't sit here in late August, one month, almost one month away from training camp starting, and say to yourself, hey, maybe we can make the playoffs. Won't be easy. A lot of things have to go right, but why not? If you can't sit here at 0-0, zero and zero, 
a month before training camp and, and at least think about or entertain the idea of making playoffs, being realistic, of course, then I don't know what the point of being a fan is. Now, I'll fully admit and I'll fully acknowledge and I'll definitely say a lot of things have to break right for the Magic to make the playoffs. I think I said this on an earlier podcast. The Magic need a lot of things to go right. They need Aaron Gordon to be uh, to take another step in his game. They need Jonathan Isaac to be healthy and take a step in his game. They need uh, Nikola Vucevic to be healthy and playing really strong defense. They they need a lot of really they need a lot of things. So, am I saying go to Vegas and bet on the Magic to make the playoffs? No, don't do that. I'm not willing to make that bet. But I think that there is a universe where they can. I mean, in fact, 538, their mellow projection system has the Magic with a 25% chance of making the playoffs. So it's not impossible. It's long odds, but it's possible. So what will the Magic have to do, and and why might this season be a success? Uh, How do you define success may be the next question, but leave that for another day. I think that it is important to note and important to recognize what reasons there are to get excited about this season. Because Magic fandom the last six years has been pretty pretty hard to get excited. They are the butt of a lot of jokes these days. And deservedly so, perhaps. But I think everything with this team right now, as far as reasons to be excited, starts with Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford's teams in Charlotte did not play an exciting brand of offensive basketball. But what they did do, and something that I've harped on several times when I've talked about him, what they did do was they committed to their principles and committed to a style of play and they played it at a, an extremely high level. They did not they did not waver on what could make them successful. And so if Steve Clifford can bring that mentality and that culture to the Magic, there's a chance for a very real turnaround. And Steve Clifford's first year in Charlotte, the, the Bobcats at the time, went from 21 wins to 44 wins, or 42 wins. They made the playoffs. One year, big turnaround, one of the great turnarounds in, 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 the, in recent NBA history. And so, it is possible to catch fire, to... to dig into a culture, and make huge leaps. I would say a poor culture, as much as anything, for whatever that word means, has been a big reason why the Magic have struggled. Because when things got tough for the Magic, they they crumbled a little bit. They let it snowball. And really, I think culture is ultimately what allows that to happen. A negative culture has set in that that's really hard to uproot, and the Magic are struggling to uproot it. It's now Clifford's job to, to to do that, and he's shown in previous in his previous stop that he can deliver. Now I don't think we'll see the Magic make that big of a turnaround, like I said. 
I think we'll see something get in. Clifford is it demands very simple things. Don't turn the ball over. Re, attack the defensive glass. Play hard. Play defense. Know your roles and assignments. And I think that will make the Magic a little bit more successful. The big thing for the Magic, though, will be internal improvement. It's something that I harped on, I think, last summer when I talked about this team because we expected so few changes then. It's something I'll harp on again now and probably haven't harped on enough this summer. Internal improvement will determine whether the Magic have a successful season or not. And it all starts with Aaron Gordon. Last year, Aaron Gordon had a career season, 17 points per game. Became a consistent and reliable three-point shooter shooting better than 30% from beyond the arc for the first time. But what Gordon lacked, and, and it's frankly a product of the role the Magic had him play, was a bit of discipline. He lacked, I think, sort of the self-awareness of, of what made him successful. He was trying to do too much at times. And that's okay. I played it off, and I'm willing to continue playing it off, as, you know what, let him go through those growing pains now. The Magic can afford to let him learn and figure that out. And I think he did. I've, I've heard some comments from him saying, you know, I didn't play defense as hard as I, I, I know I can last year. Or, you know, I've you know I, I I've seen video of him working on the kind of shots that, that he was taking and missing a lot, and the kind of moves that he was struggling with as the primary option in the Magic offense. Magic kind of led him out into the deep end a little bit, and he, he, he struggled to swim. Still produced, but not as effectively and efficiently. And so the next step for Aaron Gordon is figuring out how to do that, how to get others involved, how to you know, take a tough shot, how to search for a, a good shot off the dribble. And that's a big task for Gordon. And if he can develop that, if he can improve on that, then he has another level to him. We see that he has another level to him. It's going to be interesting to see if he can reach that next level. The next big reason for optimism is, again, is big. Um, it, it's, it's exactly the reason why I think fans are, are really excited about what this Magic team's future looks like. Aaron Gordon had a great season last year. He's a guy that, that a lot of fans have pinned their hopes and dreams to. The next guy up is Jonathan Isaac. Played very sparingly, but I think a lot of fans really liked what they saw from him in that short stint. He's got a long way to go. We all know that. But he made a clear positive impact on the team. And of course, then you have the sixth overall pick in the draft, Muhammad Bamba. What kind of impact can he make immediately? What kind of player can he grow into? I think a big key to this team's success this season is not necessarily wins and losses, although wins and losses, I think, will remain important. A big sign and key to this team's success is whether it looks like Isaac can play, whether Bamba can play, whether all three of these guys, Gordon, Isaac, and Bamba, can play together. You're not going to see that maybe immediately because I think Bamba's development is at a different state and Isaac's development is certainly at a different state. But eventually we're going to see those three on the floor together and we're going to learn, okay, this is what this team might look like in the future. We'll see it in flashes. We won't see it all the time, but we'll see it. And I think that will be absolutely key to this team's ultimate growth and development. 
This is a season of growth and development. This is a season where the Magic want to see what these guys can do. And they have some good young veterans. Uh, again, the Magic have legitimate NBA players. They are too good to tank. They've got too much talent to tank purposefully. Evan Fournier is a solid player, and you know he will try and find a way to get better, get more efficient. Nikola Vucevic being fully healthy. See if he can add a more consistent three-point shot and continue to make that a weapon in his arsenal. It makes for some very interesting discussions when it comes to this team. Like I said, I'm an optimist. I think we will see the Magic show a lot of these things. Maybe not all the time. I think they'll still have their struggles. But I think they can put together a successful season where they accomplish a lot of these goals and begin building back in that right direction. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including that big list, the top 30 most popular players in Magic history, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Also, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Every NBA team is covered in the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. NFL season is around the corner. If you're looking to get your Bucks, Dolphins, or Jaguars inside, insight, there is a Locked On Podcast covering those teams with the same kind of detail I cover the Orlando Magic with on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On Bucks, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Jaguars for their iTunes streams. And of course, there's if those aren't your cup of tea, there's a Locked On Podcast for almost every NFL team. On top of all that, there's Locked On College teams as well. Many of the major college teams will have Locked On Podcasts, if they haven't launched already, launching very, very soon. Locked On Gators is one of them. I know I will be listening to that. I'll tell my mom to listen to that. I'll tell my sister to listen to that, and they will not stop listening to it. So check out the other great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network as we get into football season here very, very shortly. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.